Welcome to the Officer Command Q&A podcast. I'm Paul Peluso, the editor of Officer Magazine, and I'm joined today by Glenn Allen, Illinois Police Chief Philip Norton, and we're going to be talking about uh, station design in the new millennium. Thank you for joining us today, Chief. Thank you very much for having me. So Chief Norton was involved in the construction of a new police quarters that opened in 2017 and was also a member of the judging panel for the 2022 Officer Station Design Awards. So Chief Norton, can you please just talk about um, the process and how it went to build the new police quarters um, when it began and the first steps you guys had to take? Yes, I, I'm happy to, and I'm honored to be on this podcast. Um, it, so it, it really probably has taken longer than in, in a number of other jurisdictions. If you really start at the beginning, we when I became chief in 2001, and I had come up through the department, uh, when I came, became chief in 2001, uh, we, we knew then we were uh, uh, outgrowing the space we were in. We were actually in what was the band room, uh, the band area of an old junior high building. And the rest of the junior high building was occupied by uh, vill- village offices, various village offices, planning development, finance, accounting, the manager's office, and so forth. And we we had just a portion of that in the in the basement area of this building, and and we had some cases as time went on um, that really exemplified, really magnified, I should say, how how much we needed a larger space, particularly the larger uh, critical cases. So the first the first request. Uh, to put some money in the budget for a space needs analysis actually occurred in 2006. And it wasn't until 2011 where we got our initial approval to put some money aside to conduct a space needs analysis with uh, an architect. And we we vetted a number of architectural firms, um, ended up with Dewberry, um, and, and we worked with them to do the space needs analysis for what a modern police department back in 2011 should have or should or should start to look like. Uh, and it was from there that we moved on to the next steps. But those were really the, those were the first kind of steps. It, it took some uh, uh, wrangling to get that done. But one, once we got people on board uh, and accept, and people were accepting of the idea, um, it went much smoother. So can you talk about the input that, you know, local lawmakers, like you said, city officials um, in the public had in the planning stages in the early planning stages of the facility? Well, the, the input they had early on was just really trying to understand what our space needs were and why we needed them. We had to justify in a community of about, uh, at the time, probably 26,000 people, why we were looking to spend millions of dollars on a standalone police facility. Up until this point, we had always been uh, in the same quarters as all the other villages, village offices other than public works and the fire company. Um, <clears throat> so we had to justify why we needed a bigger space. And, and I shouldn't say it was always intended to be standalone, some of the initial designs included uh, adding on to the existing uh, civic center, as it were, uh, but none of them 
were were deemed feasible in the end. Um, so there was input into from the local lawmakers and officials in um, getting the getting us off the ground. You know, we had to get their buy-in that yes, this is what we needed, and this is why we needed it. But as far as design, there was limited participation in the early stages uh, of of planning the facility. So when it comes to uh, your department itself, can you kind of give us the overlay of how many um, how many officers, how much staff you guys have that had to kind of be uh, supported by this facility and also what kind of input they had in, in the planning stages? Sure. Well, since, since we moved into the building, we've actually conducted a, a staffing need analysis as well. So we've grown slightly by a few officers. So at the time we were doing this, we had about 40 uh, sworn officers. Um, and I, I, that number is important because as you build and you have to build towards the future, we built locker rooms that were uh, larger than what we needed at the time. Um, but the input from the officers was important for a number of reasons. One, you know, the boots on the ground, they know what some of the real needs are as far as space. So we, we did questionnaires, we did listening sessions, um, you know, just even just talking at roll calls as different ideas would kind of bubble up. We, we talked, we're small enough where we were able to really include everyone in the department and not just the sworn officers either. The uh, record staff uh, was included. The community service officers were included. We really needed the internal needs assessment to put together with what what we were finding out were best practices. And at one point in the planning process, not to get ahead of the questions, we we literally had to stop ourselves, kind of tear the page off, start with a blank piece of paper. And, and we discovered we were trying to build what we were doing currently into a new facility when what we really needed to do is focus on what was it we should be doing in a new facility and look at it from that perspective. Yeah, and I guess that that is like when you plan ahead, like you said, for the future, for maybe growing into a bigger department, or also just some of those things that you guys didn't have in the the old facility. Um, what were some of the things that you guys fo- focused on and added into the planning? Well, um, primarily, <laughs> evidence was a nightmare. Okay. Um, so when an officer would bring evidence in, you would he would literally or they would literally have to transport it around the police department a number of times before it finally came to rest in the evidence locker, the evidence locker room. Um, so, you know, we, we would, if, if it needed any kind of evidentiary uh, workup done on it, whether it was fingerprinting or, 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 you know, trying to get blood off of something that was done in one area or uh, you know the blood work was done out in the garage. Then would have to be packaged in the detective's office. That would have to be brought to a locker um, by the evidence room that we had far outgrown already. Um, so that was that was a critical issue, especially and that came to light when we had a homicide in town, and we had a number of, because of a major crimes task force that we're a part of. We had a number of investigators here, and we were using different floors of the uh, the civic center at the time, 
and it was really a challenge to maintain the chain of custody for the evidence and everything, which we did, but it uh, really stretched our abilities, and it was really a wake-up call, and we were able to refocus some of our energy and efforts in getting approval for the new facility based on that case alone. So a, a big component of these new facilities is you're able to focus on things that say the older facility definitely didn't have. Um, kind of like when it comes to officer um, wellness and, and mental health, I guess, is there anything that you guys um, added in as far as, you know, personal health or training or anything um, with some of the break rooms that may be, you know, big upgrade from that old facility? Sure. Well, I, I will say just having a, a new 29,000 square foot facility from an 11,000 square foot facility was a big mental health boost for a number of the officers working in the building. Oh, sure. We have modern lockers uh, that we, one of the things we really pushed for were, were the venting of those lockers, the forced air through the lockers. So the equipment dried in a reasonable time overnight appropriately. There were shelves for our vests installed in the lockers because best practice is to not hang them, as we know, but to lay them flat. Um, so different things like that. Plus, we put in a really nice workout facility that um, is utilized quite a bit. Um, we have some what we call court prep rooms, and it's a couple of rooms we have with uh, commercial-grade recliners in it, um, just one or two. But it's for the officers who might get off at 6 in the morning and have court later in the day, and if they live an hour or an hour and a half away from the uh, station, they can go in here and have some quiet time, maybe take a nap prior to going to court without having to drive home and basically just turn around to get back to court. Um, and these rooms double as, you know, they have other uses as well, obviously, but different things like that. The amenities were really nice. And we, as we looked at the design, we would, we would mentally walk through what an officer's day was. So ergonomically speaking, we went from where an officer would, you know, basically come into the station at the old place and run a zigzag pattern before they got to roll call. Now there's a really nice flow. They come in, they can go to the locker room, they can check their mailbox, they can go into roll call or stop at the sergeant's office on the way. <clears throat> and, on, and when roll call's over, they can grab their go bag from a separate locker and go right out to the parking lot. It's a really smooth kind of transition for them. And all those little things help quite a bit. And you mentioned the lunchroom. Uh, the lunchroom we have here is a, a much nicer place than it was before. The amenities are nicer. Um, it, it's, a, it's a nice respite for the officers to get off the road, come in um, for, for that brief meal period they have, and uh, kind of relax for a little bit. Great. So what was the process of getting the facility constructed like? Because, of course, it was from inception to construction and completion. It was quite a bit of time. Were there any delays? And um, just what, what was the whole process like? And what should other departments expect? Well, two really different questions. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. The, the, uh, the, the process is going to be different for everyone. Of course. You know, there's going to be slight variations to everyone. Um, we had uh, the, the luck of owning a home uh, 
that fronted a park site, uh, which is a large water retention area, but it's still, it operates as a park most of the time. Um, and so we owned one of the homes. We, we decided that this was likely the best location for the police department. And it turned out that the other home was for sale, so we were able to buy that. And then a third, you know, there were really these little bungalows right in a row. We were able to convince the village to buy all three of them. Um, and then this would really be the location for the police department. And during construction, this is how things get different. Just by luck, um, a home just to the uh, south of our the property where we were building, um, and the owner of the home, or actually the uh, a relative of the owner of the home who had passed away, contacted a local builder um, and said, look, this is an older home. I'm not really interested in trying to fix it up to sell it. Would you be interested in buying it and knocking it down and building a new home? And fortuitously, that builder happened to be on my village board and said, well, I'm not really interested in it, but maybe the village would. And that was that allowed us, just at the start of the project, to reconfigure our parking and expand our parking lot, which has turned okay. out to be really a great thing. So from that perspective, you know, who could foresee that happening, yeah. you know? Um, and But some of, the, some of the things you run into are, you know, until you start putting shovels in the ground and you know what the, you know, you can do the coring work and all the things you have to do, but until you start digging down, you're not sure if you're going to hit water and different things like that. But there were no serious delays to our, to our project. We were, our project began and was completed prior to all the issues with um, um, uh, supply chain yeah. stuff that happened in the last few years. So we were able to get all of, and we had a re, we had a really good architect and a really good builder uh, working on our um, our facility. So uh, we were all working together very well. So after the facility was completed, what was the feedback like from the department personnel? Well, the department personnel just loved it. I mean, we imagine we we went from these cramped, you know, when I say it was 11,000 square feet, that includes the hallways and the little break areas and stuff, like nooks and crannies that, that served no useful purpose for us. And, and it that ties into the, we made the most of it, right? If there was a little corner that we could utilize as a coat rack, let's say, or a storage facility for radios, we used it. But it wasn't ideal, and when we when we built this brand new, you know, twenty nine thousand foot square square foot facility, we were able to lay things out the way they should be laid out. So the the people who work here still love it. I mean, it, we believe to this day it's still a selling point in recruiting new officers, which is so vitally important uh, in the era we live in today. Um, when people come and visit the facility. Uh, they they can see it, it will be a nice place to work, not just the community, of course, but the building itself. So was there anything that had to be cut from the initial plans that you regret not being uh, included? Uh, yes, there are a, a couple of things. Um, I would have liked a larger community room. Uh, we, we, we put a community room uh, on the south end of the building that is while it's connected and integral to the building, it's somewhat detached from the rest of the police facility. It, it, there's a doorway to it off the lobby. Um, and 
we use it for outreach because we believe outreach is so vitally important. We host monthly Coffee with the Cop meetings. We invite uh, community groups to use it all the time, and it, it's pretty well booked up, whether it's a, a housing you know, group, you know, like a, a homeowners association or a local PTA. All, all, all sorts of groups meet there, and it, it provides them an opportunity to interact with the police in a non-enforcement setting, which we believe is so vitally important today especially. I would have liked that room to be bigger, but it was one of the cuts we made, one of the concessions we made, um, to meet the budget demands uh, placed on us by the elected officials. Um, but it's still a great room. Uh, we also, you know, initially we would have loved to have had a, a police uh, firing range attached to the building. Um, I just, you know, as a former firearms instructor, I, I firmly believe that the best uh, and most realistic training we can provide our officers is to surprise them with a, a range training, you know, call them in off the street and bring them into the range and say, here's your scenario, here's what we're going to do, let's go at it. Because in the real world, you can't prepare for for a, a bad situation like we get to do when we go to the range. So we weren't able to get the range in. That was a, about a $2 million add-on. Um, and then and, and in the smaller side of things, there was some value engineering <clears throat> done with you know, some heating elements and different things like that that we would take out what they call V boxes in the ceiling, which helped conduct heat. And, and all that's meant for us since the uh, building has been open is kind of rebalancing as we go. You know, in some cold winters, we've realized we've had to add a space heater into the vestibule um, and, and to overcome some of those things. But it, overall, and, you know, I don't want these to come off as complaints. We're very happy with the building. Oh, no, of course. I, I would... I would encourage people who are in the same situation to to reach for the stars um, and, and try to put everything in the building you can. Um, be, we we took the uh, path of trying to uh, cut it internally, cut down to what we thought was a more reasonable number from what the architects and staff together proposed initially, that's not what we gave to the village board. We gave them a scaled down version, and then the village board scaled it further. So if I had to do it all again, I would go to the village board with the full scale model, um, and I think we would have come out with a slightly bigger built building. Okay, so the facility was completed about six years ago now. Um, how has it functioned as a police headquarters, and has anything been altered or added since the construction construction was uh, completed, um, I don't think we've added any anything substantially. Okay. Um, you know, uh, or, or all, we, it functions first. Let, let me start at the beginning of your question. Yeah, it functions very well. Um, I, we couldn't be happier with the the ergonomic flow of you know when you bring someone in, and it, whether it's uh, uh, you know someone who is coming in for an interview, someone who's a suspect, someone who's coming in for something else, or whether you're bringing in a prisoner. Um, it's just night and day. We, we used to have to pull into a garage down a steep incline and then back out of that garage if we had a prisoner in the car 
Um, and now we can pull through a sally port and, and right out through the doors on the opposite side. And it's, it, it sounds silly, but those little things make a huge difference in the day-to-day -day operation in a, in a police facility. Um, and it's just a it's a it's a modern building with you know big windows. We got a lot of light coming in here. We also, as I mentioned early on, we benefit from being in a park setting. Our the back of our police department faces a park, so it's really a beautiful building. Um, and and that was really due to the design, the architects, and the the contractors working hand in hand to make it you know being very sensitive to the contextual setting of the police department in a neighborhood, basically, across the street. If I look out my windows across the street, I'm looking at um, residents across, uh, right, literally right across the street. Just one more question, Chief. So what advice, and you gave a little bit of advice already, but what advice would you give other law enforcement agencies that are planning a new facility? Um, I, I think the focus has to be uh, depending on your form of government, on the people controlling the purse strings. Um, you have to have their buy-in from the beginning. We have a very supportive uh, elected board uh, that is very supportive of the police department. Uh, we, we don't want for a lot. We, we, we don't need for anything, and we don't want for a lot here. We have a very supportive uh, elected officials and community. Um, but I think it was important to get their buy-in early on. And, and, and the neighborhood buy-in was very important as well, especially because we were going into a park setting. We held a, uh, some community meetings and one at a junior high where we went in with the intent uh, at like 9 o'clock on a Saturday to stay as late as we needed to stay until every question was answered and there were no more questions that we could answer or solve for the people. And, and through that meeting, we reoriented our parking lot. You know, one, one neighbor was just like, hey, I think the headlights are going to be shining in my dining room. So we moved the way we striped the lot. Um, and, so, and, and when the community knows that you're listening to them and paying attention to what they want, it, it helps get the buy-in from them. We had no one... And this is really important, I think. We had no one come to a village board meeting um, and say that uh, we shouldn't be building this building. No one was against, No one from the community came out and spoke against this initiative, which I'm, I'm proud of the way we laid the groundwork appropriately. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, uh, Chief Norton. Um, the, this was really good, really educational to learn a little bit more of uh, what you guys went through and with designing a station. And is there anything that you wanted to add that we may not have touched on? Um, I, I don't think so. I, all, I, all I can say is the communication is get the buy-in. If you try to yeah. do this in a vacuum, it will, it will hurt you in the long run. Get the buy-in from all your stakeholders, whether it's the people who work in the department, the neighbors, the community at large, and especially the elected officials. Once they understand what the mission is and we get them, everyone's on board and moving in the same direction, it makes it a much easier process. I'd just like to thank you again, um, Chief Norton, and I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this episode of the Officer Command Q&A podcast. If you have any questions, please uh, feel free to email us at editors at officer.com, and uh, we'll, we'll see you soon on the next uh, episode. Take care.